Happy New Year, everyone, and welcome to the CyberCard Podcast. Well, 2021 was an interesting year for cybersecurity. We had zero day vulnerabilities, we had different ransomware, we had data breaches. So many back-to-back events in the industry, and typically, one would wonder what 2022 would look like. In this episode of the CyberCatch podcast, tagged the cyber threat landscape, we'll review key cybersecurity events from 2021, and we'll make our predictions for the new year. Hello again, my name is Kachi and I'm your host on the CyberCatch podcast. As usual, I'm joined by Richard Lijegulin. Richard is a cybersecurity professional and we always love to have her on the podcast. Happy New Year, Richard. How were your holidays? What did you do? Christmas, New Year. Happy New Year to you guys. I'm happy New Year, Kachi. I hope you had a wonderful one. Myself, I traveled home for Christmas, so it was a good one. Thank you. Um, how was yours? That, I mean, that seems interesting. I, I couldn't travel home because home was very far, but I think I enjoyed my holidays. Welcome back, Richard. So in this episode of the CyberCash podcast, Richard, like I said, we're going to talk about the cyber threat landscape in terms of key cybersecurity events from 2021. And I can't wait to hear your predictions for the new year. Hope you are looking forward to our gist today. Definitely. Okay. Thank you, Richard. So let's log in. So the cyber threat landscape, um, it really is the range of cybersecurity threats, vulnerabilities, and uh, maybe attacks that are prevalent in a domain or a context. So what's a domain or a context? Let's say you work in a bank. Let's say you, your name is John, and you work in a bank. Um, that means the bank is in the banking industry, and that's your domain. Let's say your bank is in Europe, and um, that means your domain is banks in Europe. So really, um, for example, there could be a prevalent attack. So maybe there's a particular um, malware that has been attacking banks in Europe. So your threat landscape includes that malware because that is your domain or your context. So really, this is an example. Um, I need us to understand what the threat landscape is as we go forward in the discussion. Also, for example, Richard is a, is a cyber professional um, in Nigeria. So the range of cybersecurity threat that uh, may be attacking organizations or people in her industry, that is her cyber threat landscape. And then we'll do a brief explanation for vulnerabilities, um, threats, and risks. Richard, you want to help us with that? OK, um, thanks, Kachi. So, I'll start with vulnerabilities. Um, What are vulnerabilities, you know? Vulnerabilities are flaws, vulnerabilities are weaknesses in a system or in a technology asset um, that can be exploited by an attacker and that can lead to a compromise or um, a compromised system. So we have um, various examples of vulnerabilities. Um, The two I'm looking at are going to be on patch systems and um, insecure configuration. So let's say we have a system that's not um, patched um, in our, um, you know, in our environment. Okay. This yeah. system can be exploited and um, the malicious attacker will be able to carry out whatever malicious intent um, he or she has. So let's move to threats. What are threats? Threats are anything or anyone that can exploit a vulnerability intentionally or unintentionally in order to, um, you know, 
carry out whatever malicious intent, like I mentioned earlier, whatever malicious intent um, the person has in mind. So we have examples of threats. We have um, a malicious attacker, um, which could be anyone as Tana um, trying to, you know, get whatever information or attack your um, environment. Okay. Then we also have insider threats and this could be in form of an unsatisfied um, employee or um, like they would usually say an intern. You know, when they say an intern, it usually means someone that is not properly trained or someone that has not um, acquired the right skills to perform a, a given tax. So um, I think that's all I have to say about so yeah, you, you mentioned interns and it's interesting because most breaches, I mean, organizations will just come out with a statement and there's the joke that is the intern that cost it, is the intern that cost it. Yeah, so but that's a good example for threats. I'll quickly just explain risk. Risk is a very common term. Everyone knows what a risk is, but for the sake of our discussion, I will explain cyber risk. Essentially, cyber risk is the probability that a threat, the intent that Richard talked about, will take advantage of, <laughs> of a vulnerability. Don't blame the intent, please. <laughs> so it's the probability that a threat will take advantage of the vulnerability to compromise the system or the environment. So let's say there is a disgruntled employee who is the threat and the vulnerability you have in your environment is that let's say for a financial process, a payment process, there is no maker checker control. That means there's nobody that is um, reviewing and approving financial payments. Then that disgruntled employee can make payments because no one is reviewing his activity. So there's a risk that he will do that, the probability that he will do that. So Richard, let's discuss 2021. So we'll just look at um, the key cyber events in 2021. I think this would be interesting. And um, there were a lot of things that happened in 2021 and it was a tedious process to pick the ones we are going to discuss. But here we are. And we'll start with one that is very popular, let's say popular or famous, because it's affected everybody and everyone knows about it, the Facebook outage. So essentially what happened was that Facebook, um, at Facebook there was a configuration error led to disconnection of all data centers. Because of that, Facebook services and applications were down, all of them. Facebook initially lost some revenue, I mean, estimated to like 100 million, and some stock dropped on Facebook around 5%. But the interesting thing for us, the takeaway for us, Richard, is it was a practical class in disaster recovery. And I mean, you just wonder that um, Facebook is a very big boy. Was there something they were not doing right about disaster recovery for all of that effect to come out because of a misconfiguration? What do you think, Richard? Um, I, I haven't actually looked at it from the disaster recovery angle. I mean, I have, but I, I've not, I wasn't focused on that. What I was focused on was rather the businesses that depended on Facebook, okay. you know, like several organizations um, depended on either WhatsApp for communication or um, businesses. We had, um, we have a lot of companies that sell on um, Instagram or sell their products here yeah, on Facebook and on Instagram. And that day they couldn't they couldn't sell anything. They couldn't um, they couldn't um, reach their customers or whatever um, they had. So that um, took me 
back to um, backups, like the need for backups, the need for uh, a plan B, right? If you have a business, always have a plan B. Have a small website. It doesn't have to be big. There are, there are um, very um, easy ways to create a a small website for your small business so if such a thing happens you would have a backup or you have the means to communicate with your staff and if that is what you're using for your shadow it or uh, you can communicate with your customers if that's what your business and um, how your business operates yeah so that's that's interesting Richard, because um yeah it's technically is more business continuity uh than backup yeah but i get your point because i, I was solely looking at it from disaster recovery uh, perspective but yeah you make very valid points because imagine that my whole business is um selling phones on instagram and then facebook doesn't come back again and I'm, I'm out of a job you understand so yeah, so very valid points from Richard. Thank you very much. And the next, the next event we're going to look at is um, ransomware. There were a lot of ransomware in 2021, so we had to pick one. And we are going to discuss the ransomware that Kia was victim to. I mean, this was around early 2021, the Payment ransomware group. And um, because of um, this attack, buyers were not able to pick up their vehicles from care because of the system outage and um, the ransomware group had asked care to pay around 400 bitcoin that's 20 million us dollars i think so at that time so this is interesting and richard considering that even as of december there were several ransomware that were happening it's, it's almost like it's a common thing now so what would you do if you were a CISO or a CEO and your system is down and you are requested to pay 400 Bitcoin, 20 million USD? What would you do? Um, I think um, this depends on the criticality of the information that has been encrypted, right? Yeah. Um, and it's, it's, um, it's a 50-50 case by case um, you know um issue so if um it's very critical if it's critical and severe and that i need to restore it i probably would consider paying <laughs> but the thing about paying is you can't trust these people what if you pay and then they don't give you back your information what if you pay and they tell you they've lost their the encryption key so what do you do so i i i wouldn't know but you're right, um, when you read it on paper, the world is telling you it's better not to pay them, right? It's better to, you know, if you have a backup, just restore and continue business. But what if you don't have a backup? What do you do? So, Richard, if you pay and they don't, they don't restore your data, can you not ask for your money back? <laughs> of course not. Who would give you that money back? Yeah, so but I get what you're saying. Valid points, really. Um, the textbook will tell you not to pay. Uh, essentially, you are advised to, this is where technically your backup will speak for you. Because if you have valid backups, up-to-date backups that you've been testing regularly, then maybe you could roll back and then continue like nothing happened. I mean, but if you don't have that and your system, is probably, your, your organization is probably gonna crumble if you don't get back the data. I mean, your hands may be tied, so. Is really on the spot. So the interesting thing is, uh, Richard, I've done, I've been in a board meeting with my manager where we had to do a simulation 
for a cyber attack. I think it was a ransomware. Everything went down. So it was a board simulation, and the board had to choose an option. This XYZ has been encrypted. What would you do? So those kind of exercises are really good for um, for the big boys. I mean, to participate in so that when it happens, they are not. It's not like they are they are seeing it for the first time. So we can move on. Richard, I I, I think you will enjoy the very the next thing we're going to talk about. And um, okay. it is <laughs> recent as well, and it's the lock 4G vulnerability. Oh, okay, okay. There was no way we we're going to miss this one out. So the log 4G vulnerability that 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 um, took the cybersecurity industry by storm, essentially. So what happened was that this vulnerability was a zero day, and um, a zero day is essentially a vulnerability that just came out, in quotes. It was zero day and it allowed the person, um, the attacker, to take control of a server that runs on Apache. And the interesting thing is that there are several millions of servers that run Apache. And when the script of this vulnerability is sent to your server, it just tells your server to take commands from another system. So I can send the script to your server and then I start commanding your system to do whatever I want to do. So it was a big deal. No password requires command and control. And um, there are several cyber professionals that had to put in several long hours over the weekend to ensure that their organization was um, secured against this vulnerability. Richard, I'm sure you guys did the same. How was it for you? Um, so the first thing to, that this vulnerability brought to everybody's mind was the need for asset inventory right a thorough asset inventory not just um, one that has a list of all the assets you have but the one that has a list and what is running on them and all the asset owner so if for organizations that had that it was um easier for them to not track okay which is running on um apache what what do we need to do so it was easier for them to do that so the first step was actually to identify this you know to identify these assets that are running or that make use of log4j java library and then after you identify them if um, depending on the number, if um, it's a lot, then you have to maybe isolate them from the network while you start patching them. Because um, the good, one good thing that happened was that as soon as this vulnerability came out, there were um, there were patches already um, for them. So okay. you just needed to upgrade and update your um, you know your servers. So at the um, end of the day, it was a bit. Um, even though the wave was a lot, I think we found a way to mitigate it in our various environments. I mean, um, there's still continuous monitoring that will be ongoing. That never stops, you know, to see if um, um, scans or um, anything's happening in a network. But I think we, are, we, we found a way around it. We found a way around it. Richard, one thing I'm interested in is uh, how stressful was it for you? I mean, I, I read, um, I, I read that um, a lot of cyber analysts had to or maybe it support guys or i mean it guys that were managing assets had to put in long hours and work for four days straight i mean to ensure that they got the latest patch across all the organizations so i mean what was it like for hours in terms of hours for you so the problem was that it happened on the weekend i think it happened on a friday or saturday i am not i'm not so sure maybe friday so it was it was um, impromptu. People uh, had to come back to work 
I think that was where the problem was. People had to come back because it wasn't, it, it, the news didn't come out on a, on a Monday that people were at work. So that was it, but we worked hand in hand with the IT guys. So it wasn't just a cyber security problem because they had to do the patches. Organizations where um, rules are segregated, the IT guys had to do the patches, but we had to do the scanning. So we worked hand in hand to um, make sure everything was all right. Okay, I mean, I mean, thank you very much, Richard. I mean, I, I, I think that makes a lot of sense. So, um, thanks for that. That that was love for your vulnerability, and it really the a common a common um, phrase then was the internet is on fire. I mean, that was really in the cybersecurity <laughs> industry. So yeah. it was a big deal at that point. I think it's still a big. Yeah, deal. it was. It was. So let, let's quickly jump, Richard. Let's look at I mean, just a handful of statistics from last year. So, Richard, stolen credentials were among the most common causes of data breaches. Now, this is according to IBM. What do you say? Um, I'm not surprised, right? I'm not surprised because a lot of people use um, credentials repeatedly. They use one credential for several um, applications. And... <laughs> exactly. So I'm not surprised that it's, it's, it's um, there's a report like that. I'm not surprised at all. So when you do that, what do you expect? Of course, it will, it will um, be like the top easiest way for people to get to your systems, right? So also, uh, what when phishing is performed, the easiest thing to get is uh, usually um, credentials. Where when links are sent to you, they ask you to impute social credentials, and then you just give those things away. So I, I am not surprised, like I said, that. Why? Why the phishing? Rachel? I mean, uh, there's another statistic here that phishing was connected to. This is specific. Thirty-six percent of data breaches. This is according to Verizon. Yeah, and and you actually made valid points because I mean, there is a lot of reasons that um, phishing will be connected to breaches and then stolen credentials as well because. Like you had said, password reuse or credential reuse is a common thing. So if someone got my credentials to Facebook, they probably can log into Instagram, Twitter, uh, Gmail, Yahoo Mail. So people not using different passwords for different applications may not be the best thing because it, it makes credential theft, credential suffering an easy thing. And then um, multi-factor authentication, as much as it's being talked about everywhere, um, is not a lot of people may still not be using it. So when your credentials are gotten, it's easy to gain access to your, your other platforms or your other applications or your other systems. So yeah, so Richard, look at this one. 82% of firms increased their cyber budget in 2020, this is 2021. This is according to Accenture. Okay, so uh, yes, of course, of course, they need to, <laughs> they need to, you know, it was uh, harder to convince um, the top guys, you know, the, the stakeholders of um, the importance of, you know, investing or putting your money into cybersecurity, but I think with time, they've come to realize that it's, it's part of um, it should be part of your business strategy should, because if anything happens to your information assets, you lose you lose a lot of clients. You lose it affects your business uh, 
at the, at the long run. So it's better to always invest in it. You always increase your budget. I don't know what it is with giving cyber security or information security tiny budgets. It's it's good that they increase it. I actually like it. The interesting thing, Richard, is I mean, I think the big boys are finally, and it's good that they may be seeing the risks um, of not funding cybersecurity because if there's a massive data breach, as let's say company A, yeah, as much as the problem may go from top to bottom that led to the data breach, if one person has to resign, it's one of the big boys that would resign. You understand? So, the uh, is good that everybody's seeing the risk there's a lot of risk i mean there are several risks from the loss of data the exposure of personal information but um the, the risk runs from top to bottom essentially it's good that cyber security is getting more funding i'm excited and i mean on that note i i think a major prediction for 2022 i think the funding will continue to increase what do you think Rachel? i mean it's january yeah. Yeah, it, it, it will. First of all, a lot of organizations are actually recruiting. They are um, putting in more money into recruiting, um, you know, hiring um, qualified people. And that's all part of the budget. And they are also invested in, um, you know, getting their standards um, um, certified or different ways actually that are increasing, buying technology assets that, that will help actually um, you know, give them a centralized view of whatever is happening in their network. So that's that's in the industry now. Yeah, I, I, I mean, you're right. I think from the, um, especially with the back, backdrop of the log 4G vulnerability coming just when organizations are planning their budget for the new year. Yeah, so it will just result in 2022 organizations having a bigger cyber budget hiring more professionals, maybe even doing more trainings. Maybe finally people will have to be trained. So that's the major thing. Hopefully we'll look forward to that for 2022. Um, an increased budget, essentially. Will it translate to salary? We don't know. Now, and the another interesting thing is... <laughs> I motivation is good because imagine that you had to put in long hours because of the log for gym. Mm-hmm. I mean, you should be motivated. And what, yeah. what better way to motivate you than money, Richard? <laughs> so, I mean, I, I would say that just like the log for gym happened, there will be several other vulnerabilities that would come up. Not several, maybe not as popular in quotes as a log for sure that the internet would be on fire but it's really a new a daily thing zero days coming up so that's something i look forward to because i like to be in the sick of it what is in future yeah of course uh, a lot of it will come up i mean these guys are persistent the attackers are persistent the same way we're working for money is the same way they're working for their money so yeah. they are always looking for ways to attack they are always looking for ways to attack so i expect more of it and that's why we have to be prepared. We have to train our employees and give them the best training so that when anything happens, they can fight and be defensive, be the strong defensive system. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I, I know you like to talk a lot about training, but I'm going to ask you a question, Richard. So this is 2022. And if you had to give one cyber advice for the year to A, organizations and B, individuals that are aspiring to be cyber professionals. What would you say to each of these groups? 
okay, to the organization that would say, um, increase your budget. <laughs> increase your budget. <laughs> I know you just mentioned Richard that I like money. Richard needs more money. Okay, continue. Yes, yeah. increase your budget and be willing to train your employees. That is very important. I mean, I can't emphasize this enough. You have to be willing to train your employees because at the end of the day, technology can only do what technology can do. The people inside are the ones that are going to handle whatever comes, right? They are going to even be the ones to operate this technology. I know they are automated tools, but you still need individuals. You still need them to have the right training. So invest in your um, cyber security sector or your cyber security units. For the individuals trying to get into cyber security, I would say um, there are a lot of materials online, right? That um, you can utilize to get to the position that you want to get. And it's just to keep, um, you know, reading, keep, um, going over these documentations and reading all that you have to read yeah yeah exactly exactly so we even have some articles after how did i forget to mention that so you can check cybercash.com for some articles and we'll keep posting so you read and just i hope you get something good soon so interestingly richard um the next Subtopic for our podcast is um, getting into cybersecurity. I mean, I'll get to that shortly. Um, let me just give my own. Um, for organizations, I mean, my advice of 2022 would be um, I have noticed, I may have noticed that processes, I mean, cybersecurity is built on people, process, and technology. Technology gets a lot of attention because of shiny new tools, and you may not be able to ignore people. And I really think that organizations, ignores their processes a lot. And I would say organizations need to make sense for them to focus more on cyber processes. People could leave, but your processes will stay. And they are one of the most important things I mean, in protecting yourself and protecting your organization. So please be big on processes, your cybersecurity processes in 2022. And for the aspiring cyber professionals, I mean, I think Richard has said it all. One thing I would add is, um, Hands-on experience is is key. Um, it's important to get your hands dirty. So if you can find that internship role, if you can um, really, if you can find a way to get some hands-on experience, then it will do you a world of good. Next episode of the Cybercash Podcast, we're going to discuss getting into cybersecurity, and um, I'll have Richard as ever, and we're going to break down from our experience, from the experience of people who've spoken to um, senior colleagues people that are on our level, I mean, management partners, and who give our advice because we've really gotten, Richard, I know we've gotten a lot of questions about how to get into cybersecurity. And one thing we could even do for tomorrow or for the next podcast is, if you have questions for Richard or for myself, specifically on getting into cybersecurity, you can send it to um, hello at cybercatch.com. So you can send your questions to hello at cybercatch.com and we'll find a way to get it into the next topic. So um, really just a quick recap. It's been a good time with Richard on the podcast. We discussed the cyber threat landscape and we've considered it from the context of a review of events in 2021. And some form of prediction for cybersecurity in 2022. Um, Richard has been, it has been a very good time discussing with Richard. 
Thank you very much, Richard. Um, thank thank you so much, Kachin. Yeah, thank you, Richard. Thank you, everyone, on the Cybercatch podcast team. As we said, next time we're going to discuss getting into cybersecurity. You can always visit our website, cybercatch.com, if you need any information on cybersecurity. And we, we write several different articles and they provide guidance to even newbies and to cyber professionals. And to listen to all episodes of our podcast, you can go to um, cybercash.com forward slash podcast, or you can listen to this on Spotify by just searching for the Cybercatch podcast or on anchor.fm forward slash the Cybercatch podcast. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Cybercatch podcast. My name is Kachi. Have a nice day.